Welcome to Recover Strong, a podcast that will transform your recovery from an eating disorder by helping you go from theory to practice to mastery. This is your special time to learn new skills, tools, and get the inspiration you need to recover strong. Let's get started. Hello there, Warrior. I'm your host, Jessica Flint. I'm the founder and CEO of Recovery Warriors, a wisdom sharing platform for all people impacted by an eating disorder. Recovery Warriors provides resources and support to heal your relationship to food, body, mind, and soul. I believe recovery is not only possible, but it is worth it. That is why Recover Strong exists, to help you see and connect to the potential that lies within you to find freedom from an eating disorder. Today, we are going to be looking at the first foundation to following your bliss. Now, this concept of following your bliss is something that I introduced many years ago, and it's not something that I personally introduced. It's a concept that I discovered through the work of Joseph Campbell. He's a scholar who really put this idea of the hero's journey on the map through his book, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. And there's a quote that I discovered along the way as I got to dive deeper into Joseph Campbell's work. And he had a quote around following your bliss. It goes, quote, follow your bliss. If you do follow your bliss, you put yourself on a kind of track that has been there all the while waiting for you. And the life you ought to be living is the one you are living. When you can see that, you begin to meet people who are in the field of your bliss and they open the doors to you. I say, follow your bliss and don't be afraid and doors will open where you didn't know they were going to be. If you follow your bliss, doors will open for you that wouldn't have opened for anyone else." End quote. And I've found that this has been a truth for me over the years, that when I do follow my bliss, things do open. Now the key factor here is he says, don't be afraid. And when we're following our bliss, it can feel like we are in a foggy, like we are in foggy terrain, like we don't know what is fully ahead. And that takes so much courage to take the next step when you don't know what's coming next. It's this kind of trust fall into life and it requires a, a sense of surrender and in, in, in this faith that if you follow what is in your heart, that it will lead you to places that you want to go and you want to be. But when we ignore that heart calling and that soul calling is when we suffer. And it's often at the expense of wanting that security that we'll just stay stuck. We'll stay where we're at because that's what we know. We'll stay in this position. We'll stay with this person. We'll stay with this behavior. We'll stay with this way of living and being, even if it doesn't feel right. Even if there is like a stirring within us that, oh, something needs to change. And that resistance leads to suffering because it's ultimately not where we want to be. We're in a shoe that's too small. But if that's the only shoe that you know and the only shoe that you've worn, you're like, well, this must be how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Can't imagine anything different. Jeez, can I take this off now and try on something that fits? So I wanted to bring back this series that I did on following your bliss. And it's a four-part series that goes into these foundations of following your bliss. The reason I'm bringing this back up is that I'm at a 
major juncture in my life where I am following my bliss and I'm going into new pathways with the work that I do in the world. And part of this is just like my own little inner pep talk, like, yeah, girl, do it. Because whenever you follow your bliss, you ultimately are more in alignment and more happiness and opportunities come. And there is this part that I just have to stress so much as you do this transformational work, right? As you're recovering from your eating disorder is starting to understand that when we move towards a new way of living, a new way of being, right? Away from your eating disordered identity, there's a mourning that has to happen. And that can be the months, the years, the decades that drag on because the old identity is like, no, stay with me. Like we're so comfortable and like, this is who you are. This is your identity. And it can be really hard to let that go as much as you're like, no, I'd love to let that go. Consciously, I'd love to let that go. I, I'm done with that. That, that. That's over. I'm ready to move on. Whereas there is a whole process of grieving and letting it go and recognizing that there's a loss there and the sit with that discomfort that comes up with an, a loss of an identity. And, you know, I'm now working to restructure recovery warriors in a way that this idea of many voices, one journey can come alive and I can go on to pursue new things with love and learn and um, branching out with the school of recovery and in, in other areas of life where we'll be working on helping people recover from food issues, body issues, love issues, uh, just soul existential issues and work issues, money issues. Um, there's just a, a really deep passion that burns within me right now around helping people find their sovereignty. And sovereignty meaning your dominion over yourself, the authority, the agency within you to feel empowered, to make decisions that are in alignment with what you want, to have this indestructible self-worth, to not compromise who you are. As I've done this work and I've gotten to know so many of you warriors very personally over the years and, and to know what is at the heart of the eating disorder, it's not the food, it's not the body, it's these deeper self-esteem, self-worth issues of not feeling enough and not being able to truly stand in one's power and own it and feel confident and secure and stable in oneself. And I just really want to dig into these topics of, of living a really loving and soulful life. And what does that look like for you? And in that, how can the eating disorder or any addictions or any type of dependencies you have begin to dissolve? as you begin to strengthen all these parts of you that relied on those things to meet your needs, to be your comfort, to soothe you during hard times. And I'm really excited for what's to come with Love and Learn. I'm working with my team right now to get our new podcast artwork for it and start to book the first season of guests and really like what is the agenda, the curriculum and how we can help support you between shows. And even though I will be handing over the reins of Recover Strong to Andrea, which you are in very good hands, Andrea is our podcast producer here for the Recovery Warrior shows. I'm really excited. She has extensive experience in radio broadcasts, so just is not only really well fit for the job skill-wise, but she is now in a strong place in her recovery and is just at that level where she can really serve you at those beginning stages of recovery where you really want to know a lot about how to solve the food and the body issues that you're struggling with. And I would love to continue to connect with you through Love and Learn, where we will explore deeper matters of the heart and the soul. That is what we're really getting into with Love and Learn. 
So what we'll be looking at are these four foundations to follow your bliss, and we'll be discussing the first foundation today. I want you to think about this in, in terms of your recovery or in terms of what would you do if you didn't have your eating disorder there? Uh, I've been speaking a lot about this lately is like time is a fixed value, right? We all have 24 hours in a day. No human gets more time than another human. We all have the same amount of time. A certain amount of time every day goes towards your eating disorder whether that's your mental energy, your thought energy, or actual physical time you spend engaging in behaviors. And so if you can actually start to take inventory on how much of your time goes towards your eating disorder, you'll get an idea of that time now, it, when you recover, uh, just as like matter is neither created nor destroyed, uh, time is neither created nor destroyed. So that time needs to be replaced with other things whether that's putting your mental energy into new things that you're thinking about, or I like to call these these problems worth solving, these things that you're interested in, that you're passionate about, um, actual physical time, right? Like activities, like hanging out with somebody, like doing something social or, or going to a class, a yoga class, a dance class. In these moments, you're, you're engaging your mind and your body in different things that the eating disorder can't be a part of in that moment of time. So just to kind of wrap that up, the eating disorder takes up a, a specific amount of time in your life. And part of the recovery process is finding what you're going to allocate that time to in the future as your recovered self. And it's not, and to be compassionate with the process, because it's not an overnight thing where you're like, yep, okay, all that time that I spent on eating disorder, I'm just going to move it now to something else. It's recognizing, wow, okay, you know what, today... I let myself really ruminate on on these thoughts and this and that. If I'm to really be reflective, it, it took about three hours of my day. Okay, what is something I could have done in those three hours that would have made a difference? What is something I could have done in those three hours that would have been in the interest of my recovered self or in the interest of this person that I'm ultimately becoming or wanting to step into more and more of? And to kind of express my process that I'm going through personally is that I feel that I've really tapped in greatly to the world of eating disorders for uh, well over 11 years now. I, I've put a lot of my energy into that. And I'm sensing that my energy wants to go, my time and my energy wants to go into new avenues. And in order for me to do that, I have to start putting it there, if that makes sense. I, I can't be in one world and the other world. Uh, because what happens is you become really spread thin and burn out because you're trying to live two lives. You're trying to be this and you're trying to be that. You know, I'm really being pulled into talking about the deeper matters of the heart and really living a soulful life. Like, oof, that to me just lights me up. That, But that also means that I do have to let go of this part of me, um, this person who is focused exclusively on eating disorders. And man, I mean, this guy's, to be honest, this has been such a process for me, like years. And, and I can speak from just wisdom is that when, when you're ready to get somewhere new, it's like you have to let go of an old part of you. Oh, why am I getting emotional? Because it is. I'm just emotional, guys. I am emotional. But this is the process of like mourning. Is there, this is, there's just this mourning, like to have to let go of a part of your identity that has served you for so many years, whether positively or negatively, it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> it's just, it's been a part of you. And then it feels like when you're letting go of that, that there's like an emptiness there and there's a fear and you're like, what's going to fill that space? Like what's going to come? 
and there's no answer, right? There's there's just un, there's just uncertainty. And that can be scary enough to keep us stuck, keep us where we're at because the uncertainty doesn't have an answer. It doesn't have an exact like, yeah, blueprint. It doesn't say, yeah, you do this and this will happen. And this is where courage comes in. And this is where trust comes in. And this is where it's just about, I have to at least try because I at least have to give this a chance because this is my life. (laughs) This is my one precious life. And I'm willing to take a risk. I'm willing to experience the discomfort of the unknown. And this reminds me of one of my favorite poems by the journalist, writer, Anais Nin, and it's titled Risk. And it goes, quote, And the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Life is a process of becoming, a combination of states we have to go through. Where people fail is that they wish to elect a state and remain in it, This is a kind of death. Living never wore one out so much as the effort not to live. Life is truly known only to those who suffer, lose, endure adversity, and stumble from defeat to defeat. Perfection is static, and I am in full progress. End quote. Oh, just, this really just speaks to my heart, to my process, just knowing that things need to change and being afraid of that. And oh man, just this this speaks to me so much. This idea of living never wore one out so much as the effort not to live. And what what does it mean to live fully for you? You know, what what is this thing that you want to do but are holding yourself back from? Um, if it could be not just recovering from your eating disorder, I, I've heard Dr. Anita Johnston say that eating disorders are life disorders. And, and I can totally see that. Like what else is in your life? Are you not listening to, are you ignoring the call? Are you maybe having an intuition on saying, yeah, you know, this isn't right for you or this, there's this that you really want to open into. You're like settling or you know that there's something else that lights you up and you can feel in this expansiveness. And the second you think about doing it, it's like, whoop, contraction, like, nope, not going to do that because there's uncertainty, because I don't know what's going to happen, because there's fear. I don't know how it's going to work out. I better just stay where I'm at because that's predictable. And if there's predictability, that means there's certainty and that means there's safety. We can be stuck in predictable, certain, safe situations that are ultimately leading to our suffering. And the risk comes with ultimately letting life unfold by taking that next step, opening up petal by petal by petal until you can fully blossom into ultimately who you want to be, what you want to be doing, and what feels most in alignment to you. So let's dive into this first foundation of following your bliss. And I just really want you to keep this idea alive within you of life is about change. It's about moving into new directions. It's not about staying stuck. It's not about staying static. It's an unfolding process. It's a process of becoming. And what if success is really allowing oneself to do what one fears the most? To step into change and fully embrace the unknown. In this very first episode of Follow Your Bliss, I first just want to say with a big open heart, thank you for being here. I'm just 
so grateful to have this opportunity to go on this journey with you to following your bliss. And this show and the next three shows that follow it are going to be about what are the foundations to follow your bliss? Because you may be like, I have never even really heard that phrase before. Like, what does it mean? So we're going to unpack its meaning, the importance of it, and really what is its relevance to you in your life? Because I believe when you follow your bliss, you will be so much more connected to your joy, your happiness, and your overall soul purpose. But first, let's look at the word bliss. Now, bliss, by definition, means supreme happiness and great joy. And there can also be a spiritual tone to the word bliss, meaning like spiritual joy or ecstatic joy of heaven. So I like to think when we are in our bliss, when we are following our bliss, it's like we have this choir of angels that are just singing hallelujah, that they're just so happy and cheering us on for being in this state. And the first foundation that we're going to be exploring is this concept of purpose and vitality. Now, I like to think about these somewhat similarly, that when we are living with a lot of vitality, meaning full of life and really allowing ourselves to feel vibrant, we are often in our purpose. Our purpose being our aim in life. It's who we are and who we're becoming. And more often than not, we'll get pushed by our pain until we get pulled by our vision or our purpose. So when we get pushed by our pain, it allows us to push us down or push us away from our path. When we get pulled by our purpose, it moves us forward in what we want to do and what we want to become. Now, I will say here at the very top that I do not believe our purpose is fixed. I do not think that just because something served a purpose for you once that you have to continue to always be in that purpose. So I believe we are all multi-purposed and we can be repurposed. I think our soul strengths, though, those do not change. So when we can understand what our soul strengths are, this allows us to be multi-purposed. I don't want you to think that a purpose is just this one thing. And if you haven't found this one thing that you don't know your purpose, it's not like that. It will be something that gets revealed to you as you allow yourself to have more self-inquiry but it also gets revealed to you by taking simple action steps. In order to discover your purpose and open up to your purpose, you need to be taking action. You need to be doing things to really have all these synchronicities align. Finding something that can make you come alive. And it does not have to be big. This can be a very simple thing like doing a puzzle or playing a song. Starting small, just trying to find these moments where, where do I feel like I come alive? I've heard some of the greatest minds in the world say that the opposite of depression is not happiness, but vitality and purpose. When we want to look at how can I improve my mood, how can I improve my overall state of being, it's not by trying to seek out happiness. It's trying to seek out purpose. And that is when we are following our bliss. We're following our bliss not from a hedonistic point of view, where you're following your bliss and just doing what feels good in the moment by ignoring the future self who may have to pay the consequences down the line. When you're following your bliss, you are living in your purpose, what brings you alive, what brings you more vitality. And from there, your life becomes more and more meaningful. And by default, you start to feel more happy and abundant and grateful for the life that you have because you're living in your purpose. And as you begin this journey through Follow Your Bliss, 
You do not have to have your purpose defined. Some of you may know already, oh, I know what my purpose is. When I work on it or when I talk about it, like I come alive, right? This is what we're trying to find, these moments where you can just lose yourself in something. It doesn't even feel like work. It's what scientists can call flow state. That time can pass so fast when you're going through this that you didn't even really realize that it happened. That you can lose yourself where you're not even aware of time when you're doing it. These are the type of moments you want to start to pay attention to. And we are all wired so differently that we're all going to have different things that make us come alive. And if you really have no idea what that is for you, I encourage you to just keep an open mind. Be curious. Start to notice times where you feel more alive or, or time flew by while you were doing something. And also, ask. Ask and it will be given. Maybe not in the very moment you put out the question, but believe that there is something bigger than you that wants you to get on your path, that wants you to feel alive. And more often than not, our purpose gets revealed to us in our hardest times. It's often the worst moments in our life that make us who we are and help us see what our purpose is. Sometimes we need to have events in our life, things that we wouldn't want to wish on to any other person. But we need these events in order for our purpose to be unlocked or for us to fully bloom into who we're ultimately meant to be. In my case, I needed to experience an eating disorder for over two decades and go on to fully recover from my eating disorder in order for me to step into my purpose of helping others. From here, I realized, wow, I love to create communities in which people can heal and grow and transform. And I was able to do this by leveraging my unique soul strengths. So I have the soul strengths of a compassionate community builder, of a designer, a communicator, a teacher. So taking all of these soul strengths, I was able to build my first company, Recovery Warriors. So this company has gone on to organically serve over now 3.5 million people in 184 countries. Now, our purpose isn't always revealed through our pain, but it often is a pathway. I would have never been able to have an impact on the lives of 3.5 million people had I not had an eating disorder and recovered from it. So this purpose was discovered through my pain. And our pain is not in vain if we learn something from it. So your pain is not in vain if you learn something from it. Because then once you integrate it into your life, then you now can become somebody who can help others through this pain. Or be someone that can sit there with empathy and truly understand the suffering of another. Some of the most greatest healers, authors, people of profound service had past where there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of hardship for them. But they were able to extract all of that pain and create purpose out of it. Almost as if it was a medicine from this pain, they were able to alchemize the pain into their purpose and now use it as their medicine to help others. And once again, if you have no idea what your purpose is or how your pain could ever be alchemized into a purpose, that's okay. It's okay to be confused and unclear about what your purpose is. As we journey together through Follow Your Bliss, you will start to have more courage to look within yourself and say, what am I here to do? What am I most passionate about in my life? What are my greatest gifts and how do I give them to the world, to my community, to my family, to my friends? And then create space within you for the answers to emerge. Now, this space is physical space for them to emerge, mental, emotional, spiritual. 
you need to declutter yourself in order for you to receive these signals. Because when we are so occupied and running the scripts in our mind and what we have to do and all of these things, we leave no room for what we want to do to come in or what we could do to come in. So once again, this requires you to create space within yourself, physically and metaphorically, for you to receive the guidance to know what could be your next step forward. You don't need to know the whole thing, how it's going to work out. It's really taking it step by step. Now here, I want to tell you a little story of how I was able to take it step by step in order to create my first company who had that impact that I shared earlier of 3.5 million people. Now it all started 12 years ago when I dropped out of a PhD program. I got into the PhD program for all the wrong reasons. I was studying marine geophysics and I really just got into it because I loved surfing and I had an office that was right outside of an amazing surf break and I got a key to this private beach that I was able to drive my car down and surf what is considered some of the best waves in all of California and in the world. I was really living it up as a surfer girl with all of these amenities. And I was also getting this esteem of being in a PhD program in sciences at this really world-renowned institute. So the career path was fueling more of my ego and the circumstances around it were fueling my heart and my love for surfing. There came a point where I had to make the decision if I wanted to continue in the program or if I wanted to leave with the masters. And I really had no idea what I would be doing moving forward. I was in the ivory tower my whole life up until this point and did not even know what was outside of the world of academia in an educational institution. But I knew that this wasn't my path and that if I was to continue down this, if I was to move myself four years down the line, I knew it was where I didn't want to be. So I was able to get a job as a seagoing oceanographer. I would go on all these oceanic expeditions where I'd get onto the boats and I would collect the data and then I would end up on some distant shore. I'd always bring my surfboard onto the boat with me and then I'd end up surfing. And even though this job was super rad and I got to go to amazing destinations and surf in Hawaii and Fiji, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, I mean, it was so cool. But it wasn't my purpose. I knew that there was something more for me that I could contribute in a way that I wasn't able to when I was out at sea. And I just really left that idea that there could be something that I could contribute more than I am now. I knew that I loved designing. When I was in my PhD program, I would totally geek out on learning Adobe Illustrator and Adobe Photoshop, which are design tools. And I would get so excited, I would lose myself when I was designing figures for my thesis or designing presentations or posters for scientific conferences. That is where I could lose myself for hours. How can I like make my stratigraphic column look like the coolest stratigraphic column in all of the conference? And I loved it. So there I found, okay, this designer aspect of me was coming alive. I also knew that I loved teaching. I TA'd as a graduate student, so as a teaching assistant as a graduate student, and I loved that. And I also realized that I like being an entrepreneur. I like the fact that this seagoing job was only 100 days out of the year and that I had 265 open days to do whatever I wanted. I also liked when I was in graduate school, I liked the freedom that I had as a student. 
So I realized, okay, maybe there is this part of me that likes to create my own schedule. Like I like to live life on my own terms. Yes, there's deadlines. Yes, there's things that I have to do, but I get to create the space and the time in which I do them. And when I look back, because I want you to think about this idea of your purpose and understanding your strengths, you'll start to see that you will find early on there were signals of what you could be great at today when you were having fun when you were a kid. Clues for what will make you come alive and where your greatest paths to success are in this present moment. So for me as a little girl, I sold our home at the age of 10 so we could move to California. I knew that my mom wanted to move to California and we needed to sell our house in order to do so. So I found the buyer for our house. And who that buyer was, was the convenience store behind our house that I was going to every day to dust their shelves and move their cans around so I could get bags of day-old donuts so I could support my binge eating habit. So here I am, this little girl who is struggling with her relationship to food, knows that she needs a way to get her hands on it. So I was entrepreneurial in even being able to find and obtain my binge food at the age of seven and then be able to build a relationship and sell my house at the age of 10. And I'm sharing this story because this shows that for me, entrepreneurship is wired into my DNA. For me to want something and make it happen is very clearly part of my soul gift. That's why I've been able to successfully be an entrepreneur with my own business for 10 years now. This is a really important mental model I use for making decisions. In five years, do I want to be doing this? In 10 years, do I want to be doing this? And if in five years, the answer is no. And if 10 years is like, God, no. (laughs) Then the answer is clear. Sure, there will take courage to do all the harder decisions to change course in the present moment in order to alter your course so you are not going in the same path that you would be five years from now if you don't make any changes. So for me, on the boat, do I want to see myself in this career five years from now and 10 years from now? And it was a resounding no. So I knew, gosh, there has to be something more. And the more this something more came to me, one day when I was out at sea, I was on my way to Hawaii and I was sitting by myself out on deck and the sun was setting and it really just a moment where this inspirational idea came into my head. And it was to me a bit odd because the idea was you need to create an app for people who have eating disorders. You know, once the idea came, quickly doubt set in. I was like, what? Who are you to create this? You know nothing about making apps. You aren't a licensed therapist. You aren't a doctor. No one's going to take you seriously. All of these doubts just blanketed the idea. And it was almost like it was just this balloon that just started to deflate more and more as the doubts came in. I am an optimistic person and I was able to keep this idea inflated. Like it was able to stay alive within me. However, it took me eight months to take action on this inspirational idea I received in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) But the beautiful thing about this is the way the next step was revealed was by me talking about it, by me sharing to another woman, another seagoing oceanographer that, hey, I want to make an app to help people with their eating disorder recovery. And she said, oh, my sister's husband, my brother-in-law, He is an amazing app developer. Let me put you guys into contact. 
So next thing you know, me and Joshua are now a team. Like this man was Jedi skills for development and took this project from such a profound place of service because he believed in creating tools to help people with their mental health. So he was the developer. I was the designer. He was my mentor and taught me so much about development and user design and testing and all of this. This app has been downloaded over a half a million times and has had over 11 million sessions on it. And at this point of time, I no longer update the app. And I'm sharing that because sometimes we may think, oh, well, it's a failure because it's no longer, you're no longer keeping it alive. And the reason I want to say is our purpose can change. The app is not where my bliss is at. So for me to feel like I have to maintain this app, I have to put my resources into this app, I have to put my time and energy and money and everything into this app is not what following your bliss is about. I followed my bliss and my bliss made an impact, but I don't need to stay chained to things in the past that were part of my purpose. And I really want this point to get through is that we are multi-purposed. We can repurpose ourselves. If we stay stuck thinking we have to always be doing what we did because that was at one point following our bliss or was our purpose, we won't be able to expand and grow and be able to continue to evolve. It's okay to change your passions. It's okay to let things go. Because when you let things go, you let new things in. This is circulation. This is how ideas work. When you let go of something, it's not a loss because you will gain something else that will come in. And 10 years later, I look at that woman who was out there in the ocean and got that inspirational idea and sure, took a while to make it happen, but actually followed her bliss. I look at that woman with so much gratitude that she was able to take that risk, that she did follow her bliss. In fact, countless people are grateful she did too because our actions have a ripple effect. In this vast ocean of oneness, a single drop exerts an entire influence on a system. So don't you ever think that what you are contributing doesn't matter because you do not have a full understanding of the system. Every interaction that we make has a cause and effect to it. We live in a world of cause and effect. And the greater you can serve on causes that bring you higher, the greater the effect you will have on the overall system. Now, during the early years of when I was building the app, I was actually living in a little bungalow, a surf bungalow in Mexico. And it was an ideal environment for me to begin my company. It's kind of akin to the like I started in my garage. It's like I started in a little little house in Mexico, you know, a little casita in Mexico. And during this time when I was developing an app, I had such a strong pull to Steve Jobs, like obsessed with Steve Jobs. And I knew, you know, the, all these stories about Steve Jobs being like a total asshole and a dick to all his employees and just overly demanding and perfectionistic. And I knew all of that. And it actually didn't, it didn't bother me. I knew of these character traits of his and I was able to look beyond them. And there was something about his story that moved me. The soul strength that he had of a visionary innovator and also the fact that, you know, he was an absent father. So these things really stirred something up in me and I wanted to know more about him. And I, you know, I find that if there's somebody who stirs something up in you that moves you, it's best to really dig into their story. Try to understand as much about them as you can, because there's so many jewels in their story. So once again, if you have somebody that really moves you, 
you know, if you're really inspired by them or there's something about them that you just feel really drawn to, you're super inspired, there's just something about them. They, they just have this it factor for you. Dig into their story. Get into their biography. So for Steve Jobs, I read his biography. I actually kept it on my nightstand for three years. That is what I woke up to and what I went to bed to. And while I was on my computer designing the app and doing the actual labor work of of creating it, I would just listen to him nonstop on YouTube. I'd find any interview that I could find and listen to it over and over again. And I just loved to hear his mindset. He was an invisible mentor of mine. And one of my favorite speeches of his, which is just full of so much great wisdom, was his Stanford commencement address. And in this address, he said, quote, Sometimes life hits you in the head with a brick. Don't lose faith. I'm convinced that the one thing that kept me going was that I loved what I did. You've got to find what you love. And that is as true for your work as it is for your lovers. Your work is going to fill a large part of your life. And the only way to be truly satisfied is to do what you believe is great work. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. And if you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. As with all matters of the heart, you'll know when you find it. And like any great relationship, it just gets better and better as the years roll on. So keep looking until you find it. Don't settle. End quote. So when we look at the first foundation of following your bliss, it is finding your purpose, living your purpose. Now, I want you to remember, you can be multi-purposed and you can repurpose yourself. You aren't fixed into a box. You can change. Your purpose can evolve. You can evolve. And if you have no idea what your purpose is, you are not purposeless. Nobody is purposeless. So just start to find these moments that you get awakened, that you feel like you come alive a little more. It can be as simple as taking a class of something that interests you, whether it's photography or writing or filmmaking or jewelry making or stained glass making. It doesn't matter. Just start to find things that light you up. And another way you can kind of see if you're in your purpose or not, or if you like something is think about if you were at a party and what would be the ideal conversation that you would just love to be in. Everybody's talking about this. You would be so like interested and fascinated about it. Like, what would that be for you? What would it be for you to really want to soak all this up or participate in the conversation? Or, yeah, I, I, I know all about that. Or I like that podcast too, or that book, or that movie, or that person. What is it for you? Because that's going to help you understand that where you want to be, right? This is the room of the people that you want to be in because you like what's happening there. You like these conversations. Where does my bliss live? Where are my bliss mates? Who are people that I kind of feel like we're, we're on the same level Or they're going to help me get to the level that I want to be on. Following your bliss is not about being boxed in. It's actually about allowing yourself the freedom to explore, to expand, to walk down new avenues, forge new paths. It's an opportunity to pursue your passion. And one of the biggest regrets of the dying is that they did not do what they wanted to do in their life. They didn't do the things that made them come alive. Around the same time that I was just obsessing over Steve Jobs, I also came across on YouTube, you know how it like feeds you something next? There was this poetry performance that came on by this man named Kurt Nugent. And it was this poem that he performed called Pursue Your Passion. It brought me to tears. There was this opening where it just brought me to tears. And there was like this little whisper that said, 
you're on the right path. And before we end the show, I want to read some lines from this poem, Pursue Your Passion. I do recommend checking out the full YouTube video by Kurt Nugent. So this poem really just encaptures the first foundation of following your bliss, this idea of a purpose and really pursuing it, allowing yourself to pursue your purpose. And it goes like this, quote, This is your life. Your purpose on this earth is not to please others, nor is it to fulfill your parents' unrealized dreams. They will tell you that it can't be done, as though you were delivered unto this world for your song to go unsung. Let the world scream that untainable theme, but with you there is no such thing as the impossible dream. Personally, I never listen to what the pessimists are telling me, because I know the richest place on the planet is the cemetery. There you will find books that were never written, loved ones that were never forgiven, ideas that were smitten, and dreams that were forbidden, soil that was never tilled, cathedrals that were never built, restaurants that never were opened, chefs who never knew that they were smoking, paintings that were neither drawn nor hung, songs neither composed nor sung, souls that left without doing what they really wanted to do. So don't you dare die with your greatness buried in you. End quote. And there is another really powerful line in his poem where he says, quote, you can either live your dream or you can live your excuse. As we go through Follow Your Bliss, you will likely be confronted by your excuses, your doubts, all the reasons that you can't do the thing you want to do. And I'm not here to push you or to judge you. It took me eight months to start to build my app in First Company. And it took me two years to start this podcast. So there's no judgment. But I will encourage you to keep an open mind and an open heart. Whatever is planted inside you, whatever seeds of inspiration that come into you, these are made for you. They want to be nurtured by you. They want to grow. And when you do, your vitality will increase and your purpose will begin to bloom in unimaginable ways. So we can either live our dream or live our excuse. Here we know it's important to go after what we want because we are the creators of our lives. And life is not about finding ourselves. Life is about creating ourselves. And when we are pulled by a purpose, it's so much easier to create. Well, my warrior friend, thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you found this episode helpful and know somebody in recovery who could benefit from its inspiring message, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to us at Recovery Warriors if we can get our cause out to more people struggling with an eating disorder. So if what you heard today was helpful, share the show with another warrior or anyone on your treatment team. You can do this directly from your podcast player or send them over to recoverywarriors.com. We have a goldmine of free resources there for all stages of recovery. And until the next episode, may compassion light the path you are on and courage keep you on it. You totally got this, warrior.